One thing that people do not often think about is a succession plan, particularly when it comes to their careers. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low-income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low-Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. Before going to law school, I worked for the Washburn Small Business Development Center, and while there, I worked with their leadership to develop a presentation regarding succession planning. And so that is something that lawyers and other professions do not think about necessarily when it comes to succession planning, but it is definitely something to consider what happens when you have a person who is responsible for a good amount of things who is retiring or the person dies or has some kind of disability, or just in general, they transition from one job to another, from one employer to another. Is there a plan in place for what to do regarding the work, regarding the contacts, regarding various items, all of the miscellaneous things that are part of the job. So certainly there are quite a number of moving parts when it comes to a low-income taxpayer clinic. I had been doing some brainstorming of items to keep track of, but also I was in touch with Tamara Borland, the director of the low-income taxpayer clinic organization and she provided a list of items. So first I am going to go over the large priority items I came up with, then I will go through Tamara's list, and then I will just touch on some brief miscellaneous items I also thought of. So to begin with, I have observed some turnover in local low-income taxpayer clinics, And in thinking through what I would want and what items that I would either want to have when I would start in a new organization or items that I would want to set up when I am leaving an organization, I came up with these five as the top priorities that, number one, the cases should be reviewed in the transition process, what needs to be closed, what is at a good place for handing off, what needs to be set up, and what is kind of coasting. So what I am thinking of is a person needing to be in currently not collectible status. So whether accomplishing that before the transition mailing out an offer and compromise, what happens with tax court, such as settling cases, sending out innocent spouse requests, those kind of items. Number two, writing a case memo with the summary and next steps for the case. Now, certainly a person could write a long memo about the various cases, 
But what I am thinking of when I started at the Kansas Legal Services Low Income Taxpayer Clinic was that the previous attorney had written memos on the various cases that they were short, maybe one to a couple paragraphs a piece, but generally letting me know quickly what is the status, what are the next steps, and a bit of the background on the case. And that's certainly if I needed to know more about what was happening with the case, then I could go back into the case notes or the file and review what else is happening. Number three is looking at where the organization is with their grant report and providing the information that would be needed for the next grant report. So for example, the grant report is looking at the status for the clinic in six month increments. We have the mid-year and year-end grant reports. And so where is the clinic with regard to each of those reports? How much information does the individual alone know that it would be helpful to provide that information so that the clinic is better able to provide a full grant report to the LITC organization? And then number five, providing written guidance to the incoming person. Are there instructions that would be useful? But also, are there certain contacts that are very tied to the organization, such as if the organization covers a particular geographic area? Is there a person who does certain outreach within that state or a certain city that would be a good contact to have? So providing that kind of information. Okay, now I am turning to the guidance from Tamara Borland. So she was saying at the beginning, don't forget administrative items, outreach, and education. So certainly remember the U.S. Tax Court reports that they like an update every February and that there are annual stuffer letters that are updated at that time each year. Make sure that the right people have the correct permission in grant solutions. A reminder of the timing of the reports and applications and amendments. Giving an update to LITC networking groups. For the incoming person, is there a mentor or go-to person for questions within the LITC community? that could be provided to the new person. If there is an e-services account set up for the organization, then is that account able to add new people? Or in the alternative, providing Courtney's contact information to set up an account? Information on whether the organization is submitting an, a full application for a three-year grant or not, an update on the interim goals for the year, how progress has been made, 
again, a list of outreach and education locations with contact information and the last dates for presentations, the locations of already drafted materials that would be easy to access, contacts with local chief counsel's office or providing them at chief counsel some transition contacts, the password to the LITC toolkit and the name of the advocacy analyst. For power of attorney forms that this can be tricky at this time with the CAF unit, but some methods are sending a withdrawal form that is signed and dated on the first page, faxed to the CAF unit for each particular one. I've had some success in faxing a list to the CAF unit that has been signed and dated, but Tamara mentioned that she left a signed and dated second page of Form 2848 with withdrawal at the top in case a case or two were missed, that the later person can attach it to the original to be removed if the name keeps popping up or an old case revives, that with the new power of attorney form that should replace the person, but it sometimes doesn't happen, then joining the American Bar Association listserv, the pro bono and tax clinic group, so information how to join and not providing private client information. And then certainly you can contact the LITC administration if you need help, starting with your analyst, but there is always manager Tim Shepard, Tamara or Jocelyn, the technical assistant. And then I had some miscellaneous thoughts about transition plans. So certainly cleaning out the emails, updating any spreadsheets, making sure all client documents get uploaded, if you are trying to go paperless as a system, sending a client contact letter to let them know of the personnel change, updating the contact information or bar association logins and contact information. Again, updating grant solutions. If there is a grant matching, information, then making note of that. And then some personal items, cleaning out the computer, cleaning out the physical items within the office, and updating a calendar to remove all of the items from the future or any other weekly or monthly reminder items. So overall, there are quite a number of things to think of when it comes to transitions that a person does not always think about those things. When an individual leaves, there is always a good amount of institutional knowledge that can go with them. But also, certainly, there are a good number of things that are good to know for the next person who is coming in. So it is always best if there is a smooth transition. It does not always work. 
but it is helpful to pass on that information as best as the person is able to. So I hope this is helpful for you thinking on setting up any items for a succession plan and certainly any training or documentation that you put in place will be helpful for a new person coming in. I hope this has been helpful for you. Thank you for tuning in to Tax Justice Warriors. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.